You're listening to Endgame with Kyla Brettel and Rob Law, a podcast about our hearts and minds on climate change. In a cynical moment, I posted on social media that hope in the 2020s had gone the way of coffee in the 1990s. Like the cafe scene in the movie LA Story with Steve Martin, hope is the new half-double-decaffeinated half-cap with a twist of lemon, qualified beyond recognition and so obscured by caveats as to render it ineffective. But then, Facebook is where torrents of love pour in over a cute birthday pic of your kid and a tsunami of silence at the mention of the social and ecological collapse we have slipped into her future. A couple of years ago, when I looked out my window, climate denial seemed to be the issue. Climate change wasn't really happening and no one spoke about it. My mum wanted to buy a beach house. Now, after a couple of years of record-breaking temperatures, extreme weather events, uncontrollable fires and species extinctions, climate change seems to be more accepted. Only, it appears hope is the new form of denial and collapse is the thing we just don't talk about. Like everyone else, I'm over being left with too many big feelings and no place to put them. Because you just can't swim in that stuff for long. We need hope but not the kind that's like a back-in-five-minute sign left overnight on a shop front door. So I've been researching different approaches to hope, and I've discovered that it's not one big light shining at the end of the tunnel I always imagined, but a mirror ball reflecting a disco of ways to navigate ourselves onto the dance floor of planetary derangement. So first up, this hope to avoid toxic hope, or passive optimism, also known as Pollyanna hope. This is denial in hope's clothing, and a trust in the belief that it'll turn out alright in the end, that God, or someone else, or good fortune, or technology is going to take care of this mess, and that all we have to do is keep calm and carry on. This is the kind of hope that encourages silence, obedience, inaction. And it's also a form of social control that will inevitably betray us. A similar, darker brew, referred to as stoic hope or passive scepticism, is when you're convinced that it's going to be bad, but will somehow be bearable. For you and yours at least. And that action is essentially futile. Hope here is a used lottery ticket, wishful thinking. But wishes can come true but doing nothing will fast-track our worst nightmares. But what about if you're hopeful that all will be well while accepting that you have to work for the good feels, that the climate crisis requires more than our small change? This kind of hope gets called heroic hope or active optimism. It sounds good, but it has a major flaw that leaves us vulnerable. This is that there's a weak relationship between what we do and what we hope our actions will achieve. So when the pins pulled on our hope for less than two degrees of global warming, our entire scaffolding for feeling okay about ourselves and what we do in the world falls to pieces. So I guess little wonder we don't want to talk about it. A friend replied to my post about hope and coffee. She said, I think there's every reason to lose hope, and I feel if I lose hope, what else is there? Having nothing to lose can also be a position of strength. 
Hopelessness can be transformational in a positive way. Many of the impactful changes over the past couple of centuries, the abolition of slavery, women getting the vote, the end of commercial whaling, have been led by those with nothing to lose, not the content and hopeful. But being jizzed up to fight to the death is not a state that can be maintained in a healthy way for long either. So what then? Enter grounded hope or active scepticism or active hope if you want to mix and match. When you know that there's no rational argument for optimism but that you're going to give it your all regardless. This is the kind of hope that doesn't have an air bubble to pop and isn't dependent on things you can't control. Grounded hope is not about moving out of this mess, like taking a set path towards some light in the future. It's about moving into the mess now. Like shimming into a light bespeckled dance floor. It's a practice, a way of being in the world that's ethical and doable, of keeping the big picture in focus without getting consumed by rage and despair. A way of coping with the instability and unpredictability and speed of change that characterises the world we now inhabit. Hope in the action we take now is essential, partly because hope is contagious and inspires others to act in a similar way. In enough follow, a path is created, making a self-fulfilling prophecy, like the fable about the famished homeless cook who starts making stone soup convincing everyone to contribute what ingredients they have in their threadbare pantries and ends up feeding an entire village from her pot. Whatever action we take now will have more impact, more power, more potential to ripple out and do good stuff than the same action we take in two, five or ten years' time. So I guess that leaves me hoping for a stitch in time. Thank you for listening to this sound work, co-produced for the Endgame Story site by myself, Kyla Brettel and Rob Law. To find out more about this show, the project, or to listen to more, go to our website, endgamepodcast.net.